0: Hello. Today we have a unique kind of episode. Today's guest is Saint Wu. She's a secular witch and researcher of occult things and uh, particularly one who speaks to entities of different sorts, spirits and other non-physical beings. And I wanted to bring her on because I do meet a lot of people who are into like the really woo-woo uh mystical stuff. And you know, some people might say that like what I do is mystical. I mean, I, I could see that as well. I certainly play with concepts that aren't provable but I think are workable, specifically around sexual energy. Um, and I think it's normal when you come across something beyond your worldview you to reject it. Like when people talk to me usually about like talking to spirits or angels or whatever, I usually just think like, all right, they are probably misguided, they're probably misinterpreting information, maybe they're crazy. But, um, ultimately, that's not a useful, uh, like, perspective to take when you meet someone who has a different worldview. Um, cause all, all of us just have models of reality. And this is something that I think about a lot and is really important to me because I was raised in a multi-faith household. My mom's Catholic, my dad's Buddhist, and they both, they tried to raise me with both religions at the same time. And if you know anything about the two religions, they're quite opposite in, in certain explanations of the universe. So, as a small child, I was getting opposite information from adults, and that led me to being a hardcore atheist for a while, rejecting anything that wasn't provable by science. But I ultimately realized I was kind of like a, a spiritually weak or like empty way to view the world, because a lot of useful information in both both religions and all religions and all worldviews. And when you can learn how to like incorporate these models. Um, you could pick out like really useful nuggets, like whether or not Jesus was a Messiah. He said a lot of cool things supposedly in this Bible. Same thing with Buddha. Same thing with pretty much every religious figure. Um, so when I come across someone with like a worldview that's not my worldview, I either try to like translate what they're saying into some sort of metaphor that's useful or translate it into any other grounded understanding. Um, because just because someone has different beliefs doesn't mean that they're an idiot or that you're smarter than them or anything. So, Coming across this today's guest, St. Wu, Um, she was telling me about her experiences with entities, uh, with a bit of like fear, fear of my judgment. And I was really paying attention to the way she was speaking about it, and I found it really interesting that she spoke about it quite rationally, even though she was speaking about experiences that I didn't really that didn't really fit what I was experiencing. So in this interview, I really wanted to understand her model of reality. Um, I can say afterwards, I still don't fully buy the idea that there are like spirits that float around and you can talk to, but I do believe that it's possible that my belief system is limited. There's been many times in my life that uh, I realized that I was missing out on something in terms of perspective. Um So I'll, I'll let you listen and decide for yourself. Uh, I will say I've, I've had certain experiences in my life, particularly with plant medicines or other hallucinogens that... um I could look back and reinterpret as like, oh, maybe an angel was talking to me. I at the time I thought I was just having an auditory hallucination, or I was just having a burst of creative creative inspiration. But who knows? Maybe a dragon was in my ear. I have no idea. You decide for yourself. Uh, real interesting lady. This is episode 007, Saint Wu. Our spirits and entities—a thing. You're listening to the Rwanda Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. we're live sweet yeah. hello iris
1: hello ru
0: cool all right so uh, i just want to you know i've been eager to have this conversation and i want to preface it with a couple of things i've said this to you already i'm pretty skeptical about this topic even though i am very interested in mysticism and all that um even when we first met a few months ago i was kind of skeptical when you spoke one reason why i wanted to speak to you about this is that um well, I'll just say this say this uh, I've had experiences with things that I could call entities, but only in altered states like on a, under plant medicine or during sleep paralysis. and I've always interpreted it to be like, oh, these are things in my subconscious that I'm able to see more clearly or personify externally because I'm on a drug or because my mind is in a dream state or something. Then I spoke to you, and that's always been my thought when people talk about entities. Then I spoke to you and you would say things about very specific, uh, interactions you've had with entities and how they would say things. There's totally not your personality. So I was like, all right, maybe she's a schizophrenic or maybe not. Um, but also like how they gave you like kind of good advice about things. You have like these kind of extended relationships, which made me think, okay, maybe there's something to this more than just, you know, the skeptical view that this is just the subconscious, whatever. And then I spoke with Sean shitty, who's um, a psychotherapist working with plant medicine, mm-hmm. his take on entities. And he's kind of, a more skeptical view also, just like, it could be a spirit, it could be your, your subconscious firing off in a weird way. Um, this is all to say, I'm curious to know your perspective, although I may not agree with all of it, but I really want to understand because I find this fascinating.
1: So thanks sure.
0: for having this, this discourse with me. Uh,
1: well, got to say, I was actually very surprised when, of all things, that was one of the things that you were the most skeptic about, because it seemed to me that out of anybody that I might have met, you might have been the one most blessed by some of them. And the way that you have so much abundance that. and freedom, it just—it just seemed like if anybody's going to have some sort of companion, it's going to be rude.
0: I have. It's funny you mentioned that because when I was a teenager and I first got into like spirituality and I was very depressed and like in really dark places, I did like to imagine. And I, and you just said you don't want to talk about angels, but I used to like imagine like, oh, maybe I've had like a like an awesome guardian angel that's like pulling me through this, or like when th- like random good fortune would happen, I would. It's nice to think about. But I honestly never fully believed in it. Um, So I'm most interested in hearing like your specific, like, how do you how do we know it's real, for
1: instance? Okay, that's that's a really good question, actually. Um, I've had a couple of friends now that have actually come out of the woo closet, too, and told them about this stuff, too. And I've had a couple of different friends who, well, you know, they put me to the test, so to speak so how do we know i'm not crazy well you've known me for months now and you've known me to have my moments but it's always been you know regular human breakdowns it's never been anything where i've just been you know spouting off in multiple different languages so you know i'm a lucid intelligent individual you've yeah. been able to see that many a time I thought
0: maybe uh, a personality
1: <laughs> a split personality would have been interesting if you um like to keep up with the medical journals which I do because I actually got accepted out to a school in university uh, sorry university out in Australia uh, to become a naturopathic doctor Um, there are a lot of free journals out there that you can follow and most of them do happen to agree that split personalities the way that maybe that one movie split show very rare hardly any actual instances of them being like that so a split personality would be very difficult. Now, what would be much more believable? Schizophrenia, for sure. Um, but I've had the both the pleasure and mispleasure of meeting an actual schizophrenic. It's not what you think. You can't hide that. I mean, he's constantly talking to himself. He's completely neglected his body. Um, he, you can't be anywhere near him without seeing actual symptoms of his condition so any visible symptoms that i would have had or any psychological symptoms that i would have had uh, at this point should have been caught by anybody anybody should have been able to see any of them especially because i do get regular checkups with the doctor for other health purposes
0: to me otherwise i probably wouldn't have invited you here
1: yeah Um, so for the most part you know i'd like to think i'm not pretty i'm not crazy but You start to learn when you become, and I am a witch, not just, you know, somebody who talks to these entities, that there's a fine line that you're always crossing between insanity and sanity when it comes to dealing with the woo world. You will constantly cross over. And a lot of the so-called fluffy witches, which I'm not downing on them, I'm just using a term that they use, tend to avoid walking in the opposite direction of that line because it is kind of a hard line for you yourself to recognize, at times I have myself thought like, "Oh my God, what if this is all just in my head?" But you're right. You you mentioned a couple of things too, where I've gotten good advice for multiple different situations that I myself had come to you for and uh, couldn't come up with a reason myself. And then here comes somebody else, and they gave me a perfect, absolutely, you know, answer for whatever the situation at hand was
0: because yeah, a bunch of times where I was like coaching you for instance I would say something to you and then you would say oh like this demon just said the same thing to me or something like that And it was just like yeah like what like yeah uh, or were you just like so like my skeptical mind was like was she anticipating what I might say and then she personified it as like some entity like or is there some being because I, I want to say, and, and there's so many directions, I have like a million follow-up questions to what you just said. But yeah. thinking, I'm thinking about experiences I, I've had that could have been a spirit, right? That I didn't mm-hmm. interpret as that. Like I remember one time I was like in a very like trancy state. I was in a hot bath. It was dark. And I was like, heard like very clear, what I would call an auditory hallucination of what was like pretty good advice. So I could, I interpreted it as like, well, a part of me wants to think it was the voice of God. Um, but then another part of me is like, well, maybe it was just something that my subconscious was coming to realize on my own and I was finally in a quiet enough state where my mind was slow and my I was in more of a Theta wave uh, state of my brain where I could actually hear what my subconscious was saying. And that's all it was. Um, but you're saying it could have been... It could have been... Either
1: or. Something. It could have been either or. There's... Yeah. Uh, the beauty to that is that The only true way to recognize if it is from you or if it is from something outside of you is to know yourself. And I know that's a weird thing to say, considering all the stuff that, you know, we've been working on together. But there's there's a tone that you use with yourself. There always is a tone. There's a vocabulary that you use with yourself. Some people um, will think in pictures. Other people think in concepts. Other people think in actual languages that they were born with, not that Mm -hmm. they learned. You know, whenever I go to speak to somebody in Spanish, I automatically translate it. But if I'm trying to speak to somebody in French, I have to think in English to translate it to French, even though Spanish was my first language. So the concept of knowing yourself is the biggest tool you're going to have to recognizing whether something is definitely not you. As you said, um, a lot of the things that you heard me say were not in a tone that belonged to me at all. They were completely different uh, I suppose personalities if you want to say that um that is one of the best ways that i've come to learn of, to recognize whether i am speaking to you know inner me or if i am speaking to something else entirely and that is the one thing that has been agreed upon with most witches is that anytime that you do end up encountering any sort of entity they all have their own personality doesn't matter if you're talking to uh you know let's say you're talking to one of the demons from the Ars Goetia and it's got in there, you know, this is the type of individual that you're going to be talking to. And then you might go in there and talk to that person and find out that they're a lot more personable than the book says that they are. It just, everybody's got their good days, their bad days and their own personalities, no matter what species or age group.
0: Okay. So could you tell us a little bit about your specific experiences? Like what do you experience that has you know that this is some this is something? Like how how are you able to describe whatever demon, dragon, whatever you're experiencing?
1: Sure. Um I guess the first thing um and again, disclaimer, there's a few things that I'm going to be talking about that are just out there for all yeah. intents and
0: purposes yeah. yeah.
1: For all intents and purposes If you don't want to believe this, nobody's forcing it upon you. Just because you've heard this doesn't mean you're now indoctrinated into this sect or anything like that. So there are a lot of things out there that we've been led to believe that were just fairy tales, you know, myths, and that they are, in fact, real. Um, A lot of them extremely close to the tales that we've passed down from generation to generation. Um, Some of them way off base. I've run into a good variety, a good variety of many different entities um, and have come to learn that the biggest tool in helping you to get along with any of them is don't think like a human. As weird as that sounds, we approach the world and everything around us in a very human centric way to where we believe we're the center of the universe basically because we think there's nothing else out there so why would we th- act or think and otherwise if you approach them with the level of respect that you approach a professor in a category that you've never even looked into you're gonna have a much better experience
0: um I'm, I'm, well first try to understand like what was your first experience with an otherworldly being like how did you know Like, what did you see it? Did you hear it? Like, did it whisper in your ear? Like, what are the specifics?
1: Well, the first few um, interactions that I had were not visual. Um, They were anything but rather. Um, You see, I used to get into trouble a lot as a little kid, trouble that, you know, little girls shouldn't be getting into. And somehow, I always ended up knowing exactly what to do, despite the fact that I was maybe six years old and didn't even know what that word meant. You know, It would be a combination of things. As a child, if somebody were to tell you a ex- like very complex thing, you wouldn't understand it. But if you get a feeling like this is bad, run, you're gonna act on it, even if you don't recognize why you're acting on it. So my first experiences were when I was a child and there were some uh, not very good situations that I got pulled into. And I remember every single time being told exactly what to do. And one of them was run, grab your brother and run. And I did. And we ran and everybody asked me, you know, it sounds like it wasn't a bad situation. Why did you take off? What happened? And all I could say was I just felt like it, but I didn't know why. So most of the interactions when I was little were feelings that I didn't exactly understand why they were being thrown at me all of a sudden, but they could not be ignored. It was like an instinct. So as I grew, I started recognizing that I knew things, but I didn't know how. I would know who was gonna call on the phone. I would know what episode of which TV was gonna, or uh, which TV show was gonna be on TV next. I would even be able to make jokes about my little brother and know exactly what joke he was going to come up with the next day. It was very strange. And I just knew things, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought everybody could do it. It wasn't until after my first marriage was dissolving well, dissolving rather, that I started to think, you know, maybe there was something to this. And I actually ended up, I don't know if it was one of them, I actually never asked, um, meeting my first being.
0: I saw her. It's pretty recent that you've like met a being.
1: Um, I want the first being, you mean? Yeah. Actually, I want to say that one was about six, six or seven years ago now.
0: Okay. Gotcha. And so how do you know that that wasn't just intuition? Like a lot of, I mean, or what, like, are you saying that all, all like synchronicity things where you think of someone and they call or like, you know, what someone's about to say, like, are you saying that that's like an entity whispering in your ear or is it just like synchronous through the universe? Like, how do you know it's a, a being?
1: Well, I know that the first few experiences were not me because there were concepts that I would never understand. A child does not understand the concept of rape, but I understood what was happening completely and I, I, I acted on what I was being told to do. Mm-hmm. But as I was growing, I had less and less interactions that were like that instinctual that were just there. I suddenly just knew knowledge. And so the way I saw it is it kind of does change and warp as you grow. You know, um, with some people who could do things as kids and they grow up, they can't do them anymore. It just kind of goes away. So it can just go away one day and all of a sudden, yeah, you're just intuitive. All of a sudden, you just know these little things like that. But how weird is it when you're having two or three synchronicities every single day for all of your teenage life. It kind of sure. gets to you.
0: But it's still like, how do you know it was like a thing? Like, an, I mean, I know either way, we're talking about like a woo-ish mm-hmm. concept, but like, how do you know it was like an entity and not just like download from the universe or however like other people might put it?
1: You could see it in many different ways. In fact, in many cultures, um, a lot of these beings are actually seen as uh, the laptop to the internet connection that is the universe. It is their job to download this information to you. It is their job to interpret this information in a way that you're gonna get it. So
0: So I'm just like trying to like fit all the models like into like a worldview that makes sense. Cause like for instance, like with the idea of sex transmutation, like very simply, my my understanding of it is uh, when activated in a certain way, uh, things that are not your conscious mind come to you. Like to me, that's like sensation moving up. Uh, like a a brilliant idea, a sentence that you wouldn't have thought of on your own, just like pops into your head. Uh, I would, uh, to me, that's like creativity. We are saying it's, or one way to interpret it is a dragon tells you to write this.
1: It can definitely be. I mean, there are multiple historical references to beings being the cause for many things. Like the muses the muses were attributed to many of the art that we have back in the old Hellenistic days. But, um, you could see it either way. You could either see it as something giving you this knowledge or as an actual being, uh, sorry, as you being directly connected to the universe. It kind of varies from person to person.
0: So is it kind of like a a choice or style? Like, like for instance, with hallucinogens, if you were raised Christian, you're much more likely to see the Virgin Mary, uh, while on mushrooms right like someone who's never had a concept of mary's not going to see that maybe they'll see some other female figure like the, the there's the like archetype of the goddess that is in every culture or even like 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 the joseph campbell view on like the myth. like you perhaps i don't know if this is just one interpretation you perhaps read a lot about entities growing up so that when it comes to these like hard to grasp concepts, you personify it as different entities. Whereas like someone like me who didn't really grow up with that maybe just thinks like, Oh, I'm just getting, like a download from it. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what you're saying? Is it, is it like, I've been talking to entities. I have just been not seeing their form and just. It's uh,
1: it's yeah. It's actually a very, very good way of putting it because the cultural aspects that you are raised with will heavily influence uh, what you perceive up to a point. Because there's a point in time where the the wool is up and off, and you can no longer you know deny, oh that is not the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary wouldn't have big wings and horns like that. Um, no, you you start getting accustomed to them and then they start showing themselves more and more of themselves to you. Um, it just it does vary.
0: How do you know that they this whatever? entity has wings and horns and it's not you personifying it in a way that makes sense to you?
1: Uh, one way is um, for a lot of folks, it is a preference. Um, they, some of these entities will take forms that are easier for you to handle. For example, in the Bible, do you realize that almost every time that an angel has shown itself to a human, they say, be not afraid, and I'm not here to hurt you. It's because they don't look like what we think they do. The first few images that we used to see of angels were nothing human in the least. They were freaking terrifying. And they had to tell us, be not afraid, and then they would be able to take a form that our mind could handle. So it's very similar with a lot of entities. They will take forms that you can handle if they're being you know benevolent or just neutral or just passing by you know um some of them will just test you and see how much you're willing to take because uh with some of these entities your own personal power is a big deal in them choosing whether they want to even put up with you or not so what do you mean by that well um for example um In India, there are these things called devadas. Um, They are seen as almost like divine mini goddesses, and they are uh, beautiful. They are feminine. They can fly, and then they are inspiring and helpful to whomever they wish to. um. So
0: they are like the nymphs?
1: They are like the nymphs, yes, but they're not considered (laughs) nymphs.
0: Is it fair to say that they're the same thing, just interpreted in India differently than they were in ancient Greece?
1: They can definitely be seen that way, yes. Um, because, let's say, I've never actually met a one of those. I've met a Devata, which I believe is a Earth deity-like nymph. Um, and they were very different. Very different mm-hmm. from what an actual nymph that I was, you know under the impression of what we're supposed to be like. Nymphs to me were sexy things. I just wanted to sex everything and sex, sex this, sex, sex that. And this Vana divider was like, yo, chill, bro. I just want to be here and chill with the plants. It was very, very different. Um, You end up running into different cultures, different subspecies, and some of them are only willing to work with you if you're worth their time.
0: Okay. So how, how does one, so, so let's say someone listens to this. I'm thinking for myself too. Uh, all right. Let's say I take on the model of belief that entities are there. Mm -hmm. I want to obviously live the best life that I have in this incarnation. Maybe I want to like, maybe I want to use a life hack and like, uh, you know, get on board with some of these entities, like instead of taking alpha brain or drinking coffee, like I could befriend one of these folks to help me. I mean, you even said like, oh, maybe I was, maybe I have some sort of partnership i'm not aware of um how does one start what does one do is that a bad way to look at it like like self-serving is that like a negative thing that they don't like like i'm trying to understand
1: um again personalities will vary because i'm fairly sure any demon is willing to take you up on that offer and just be like yours, yeah i'll give you whatever you want give me your soul though sure. <laughs> and so you do want to be and constantly i i cannot say this enough to anybody who asks be careful, because just like with humans, you're gonna meet bad people who seem like they have good intentions. And then you're gonna meet really, really bad people who don't care about what their intentions look like. So they, entities, have been around for thousands and thousands of years. They know the ins and outs, and a lot of them have been dealing with humans for a very long time. Some of them really don't like us. What you wanna do, do your research. Do your research as to, well, what is it that I want to change in my life? Now, let's say that I do want to suddenly become much better at sex. Maybe then I do want to get involved with a nymph. Somebody would say, well, why not a succubus? Aren't they all about sex? Well, if you do your research, you know that the succubus kills their victims. So therein lies a big difference. If you do your research, you start recognizing that we have myths about specific creatures because they have a bad rapport with humans succubi and incubi for the most part have fed off of us for the entire existence of either of us Um, but nymphs on the other hand do have a lot of lore where they were helpful or neutral so you do want to go and look for things that humans still have good stories about you know that you can have
0: for the most part the mythology that most of us view as entertainment Mm -hmm. are you're saying correlates to the reality of these beings that are like for the most part?
1: Not 100%, but it's a great starting point because okay. you'll start recognizing uh, patterns, patterns across the stories. Um, and then you'll start looking at, well, actually you'll start feeling it. You'll start feeling a call inside of you. Like uh, back when I was younger, I didn't give you know a, anything for nymphs or dragons. I didn't care about any of that, but I love dogs. I freaking love dogs. They were my favorite creature, my favorite animal ever. And lo and behold, I ended up running into a wolf type entity that was <laughs> was a pretty big deal. Just to leave it there. And whereas I probably should have paid my proper respect and proper due. I instead was just like, oh, who's a tiny puppy? Oh, you're just so adorable and blah, blah, blah. And oddly enough, um, because this one, this one instance, because I gave it nothing but affection and love, and I was just keen on meeting it as opposed to, you know, coming after it for something. I think this was the reason why I didn't just chop my head off and just make off with my spirit. <laughs> but it
0: actually became... What did that look like? If it did, what would it look like? Would you just be like, would your family just find you dead the next day? And like, people would just be like, oh, she just died in her sleep. Like, what is that?
1: Actually, like? that does take many interesting forms depending on um, what creature you work with, because some of them will just make you look like you're sick and dying. You know, like the wasting diseases where no doctor can figure out what's going on with you, even though there's absolutely nothing showing that's hurting you. Wasting diseases are caused by entities a lot of the times. Um, right. Sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, that has been one of the biggest things caused by entities. Um, miscarriages, a lot of the times they can be caused by entities too. Um, you know, there's a human factor to it as well. But you know, a perfectly healthy mom and perfectly healthy fetus, and all of a sudden, just one day, baby's dead with absolutely no warning, no problem. Yeah, sometimes they do kind of end up happening um, where they can physically affect us. But a lot of the times, they'll just make us die in different ways. You'll waste away slowly. Your mind will be worn down to shreds, depending on their personality. If they want to kill you low and slow, they will. But a lot of them don't have the wherewithal to be able to physically destroy your body. But they will do everything but that just to make sure that you suffer before you actually meet your end most people end up being driven insane
0: Hmm. i'm wondering now because i feel like this is this is dangerous territory whether it's true or not even Mm -hmm. dangerous to indulge in this thinking like like even even as as like some people like oh this person cast a spell on me or this like all this stuff like there i see there's a danger of Entering like a victimness, but then also I don't know. I feel a little confused. I, will, I how I interpret all of this, to be honest. Um, yeah.
1: Up to this point, it's just been whimsical stories about the good stuff that I've ended up doing with them. You'd never gotten close to any of the bad, so you kind of had a little bit of a biased opinion up to this point, right?
0: Uh. I've always thought this is like when you've told me stories about entities. I'm like, this is Iris's worldview. This is her reality. Whether there's something there or not, this is what she's experiencing, and that's what makes it real enough to interact with. Mm-hmm. That's that's just that's been my my view on it. Uh, and any anyone presents something to me that I think is like, it's just outside of my reality, that's how I look at it. Like, this is their reality. Mm-hmm. And let me interact with them there.
1: Oh, like I said, it is dangerous. Um, that is the reason why most of the time witches were the only ones who dealt with this. Um, in fact, a lot of the times, if there were any children who were found who had these abilities, they were adopted. By the local shaman or the local witch or whoever to train this person so that they knew what they were getting into and how to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this stuff was given away for free to you know the local villages, et cetera. You know, hey, put iron over the crib of your baby so the fairies don't get them, et cetera, et cetera. Because we did used to have a lot more interaction with them. But nowadays, we don't nearly as much, and so it's a rare few who ever do end up interacting with these entities. But as I said, it is the same type of danger as being in the human world. There are good, and there are bad. If you approach this world knowing that there is bad, and that you will have to learn how to defend yourself against it, it's no different than walking, I don't know, into Detroit wearing a couple bags of money on your back. You know what you're getting yourself into, but you also probably carried a couple pieces in your pocket to make sure that you did not get, you know, jacked while you're walking in Detroit. You have to be careful and you have to pay respect to the fact that there are myths that try to guide you as to what you're getting in. You know, uh, some of them tell you fairies hate iron. That's absolutely true. They do hate iron. Um, some of them tell you, you know, if you don't want to end up running into certain creatures, don't walk under these mysterious circumstances, like don't walk into a ring of mushrooms or don't go out into the middle of the night into the woods and butt naked and cover yourself in the blood of a baby, you know, don't do stupid things, you won't run into stupid yeah, situations.
0: Stupid okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so how would someone start to perceive these things? Like, I'm still I still, I'm still half and half, right? Like, I, I'm like, you know, everything you're saying, it makes, it, it has a logic. But I haven't, other than like being on mushrooms or plant medicine or sleep paralysis, like I haven't, actually, I mean, to be fair, I have had quite a few experiences like playing with astral projection, feeling like something was touching me. I just assumed I was imagining it. So anyway, so aside from substances, how would one start to to perceive such a thing?
1: Monty well, is defined by many a thing. Um, when you remember, I the first thing I said was do not approach this as with a human mentality because you will run into um, different definitions for what we think. Perceive, you can either visually perceive, you can audibly perceive. Heck, for some people, you can uh, perceive with taste and scent. You know, like smelling your dead grandmother's perfume every time that you're, you know, coming close to her um, anniversary. You have different methods of perceiving them. And for each person, there's one or two different methods that work best for you. For example, not everybody is ever going to be able to, you know, with hard work and dedication, see. But most people do have At least one method that they can use to be able to perceive. The question is, how do you find that method? How do you find your way of perceiving them?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, The one thing that I did was I began to experiment with all of the five senses. I wanted to see what became the most easy to wield for me. Obviously, I wanted to see first and foremost, but try as I might, I never saw anything. I tried the the tips and the tricks, and I couldn't get anything. But I did start noticing that I was able to feel uh, temperature changes. I was able to feel um, strange, like walking into a swarm of static. You know, the snow that you get on TV. I started running into different uh, tactile sensations that had absolutely no no source. So I went with that one and I started to experiment with that one. Somebody told me everything has its own energy. Find the energy, learn what it is, tell the difference. And I said, sure, why not? So I started closing my eyes and I started to try to feel for the energy of things. Um, Let me use an example. I have a dog that's completely black. And if I turn off the lights, I can tell you where he is. Now I could do that by hearing him breathing. But if you used earplugs and you had, you know, your eyes closed and you made sure that that dog was asleep, how would you sense for that dog? Have you ever felt like you were being watched? Just just the weird sensation where you didn't even think about it, but you turned around. Mm-hmm. That's a way for you. That's one of your sensations being activated. Okay. Um, whenever you have a chance, and this one's one that anybody can do. Um, turn off the lights make sure it's pitch black in there and try to touch your fingertips together from both hands in the darkness you know where your hands are Mm -hmm. you know how close your fingertips are you might miss by a few centimeters but most of the time you know where your hands are that is the type of perception that you end up using in the nighttime where you recognize that objects are near you without being able to actually see them Mm -hmm. and that's how I ended up training my first ability
0: was essentially proprioception applied beyond your body
1: yes you want to send that sensation outwards kind of like echolocation you want it to bounce back to you from things and it's easiest to work with things that actually have a stronger um, energy signature like a living creature like a dog or like a friend just have them stand anywhere in the room and see how close you feel them being to you and just have them gradually move around and say, all right, you're over there by the light switch. Okay. Oh no, you're over there by the closet now. Oh no, you're, you're right behind me. Now you'll start noticing that you are much more capable of locating them the more you practice. So that was the first practice that I did and I got very good with it. Eventually I started moving on up to more complicated sensations, like differentiating the sensation between um, a female and a male in the same room. Or I used to get a couple of things like crystals. See, and I would say this
0: was like live physical things, right? People.
1: Not just, not just, um, I had my dog, I had my dog and I got a chance to work with a couple of friends, but I, I turned it into a game. So they didn't even th- know that we were, uh, you know, doing psychic practice. I'm just mm-hmm. like, Hey, how about some hide and seek? I'm going to go turn off the lights. A little bit of fun. <laughs> you
0: know? Interesting. Yeah but it's interesting because like so i've i've kind of metaphorically taken this idea of proprioception like sensing where your body is in space uh like with sex for instance i feel like when you're really connected with another person you can feel where they are at all times you can feel what feels good to them it's like you've absorbed them into your body so that you're now one body um Mm -hmm. same thing with like driving even like if you've driven a lot in new york city at a certain point like you can just like the car becomes like the rest of your body and you don't have to look where the car is. You sense where it is. You start to sense where like other cars are in space with all the little timing and stuff, which could be, you know, just, it's not even a mystical concept. It's just uh, like you become more attuned to your environment. Um, but you're saying like that same principle can now be applied to these not immaterial beings because right they don't have any matter to them, right?
1: Um, no, though, to, to an extent for some people, they don't rather, um, for certain people who have the, um, Claire tangents, I think is what it's called. There's a lot of Claire abilities, but there's one where you do not see, you do not feel you, uh, feel emotionally or energetically, you physically feel Mm -hmm. like if you reach your hands out, you're going to touch, uh, the butt of a dragon or whatever you're, you're running up against those some of these abilities are a lot more rare than others but it happens it happens um and because like
0: there's a whole thing like I, I used to get sleep paralysis like every other day when i was a teenager i think it's, i was just emotionally distraught all the time i don't know if that's the reason maybe i was just being visited by spirits a lot but like there's the thing where like if you if you if you wikipedia sleep paralysis they have a picture mm-hmm. of like an incubus sitting on your chest because a lot of people when they're under that they feel like they can't breathe. Someone's like holding their nose up. Like I felt that a lot, but I just figured that's just the thing, you know, that's just in my head. Like, But I, every time I'm sleep paralyzed, I feel like I can't breathe. Like something's holding my nose or something, mm-hmm. but perhaps something's holding my nose.
1: Well, for a lot of the uh, sleep paralysis instances, it's not, well, I can't say a lot. I want to say not every instance is due to an entity. Um, the, the, Physical trigger for sleep paralysis is your brain wakes up, but your body does not, and so all of a sudden you are. Imagine you were never a physical being. Imagine you were always just thought, and you floated through the air at all time. And all of a sudden you got trapped into this flesh and bone body, and it's heavy, and it's weird, and you don't know what you're doing. That's basically what you're doing. Your being, your essence, is feeling what your body is because you're never aware of your body just like you're never aware that your nose is in front of your face you're never aware of your body now that your body's been shut down and you have absolutely no ability to move it you're much more aware of how much that weighs you're aware of your mass of your substance of how hard it is to actually move your lungs to inhale so it's very freaky it's a very freaky experience um if you don't accept it you'll be scared Mm. And you will see scary things because you begin to panic and your mind is awake. You're able to not rationalize away the things that you're seeing. If you are not scared, if you realize, oh, yeah, dude, this is cool. Now I can do blank. Like from sleep paralysis is usually the first step to astral projection. You get excited about it. It becomes less scary and it becomes a lot more welcome and more manageable. And you start noticing that it's not that you can't breathe. It's just that you're sleeping heavily, so your breathing is even not. It's not the everyday active breathing that you're doing. It's a different pattern, and mm. so you're not not breathing. You're still breathing.
0: Yeah, I've I've always found sleep even before I believed anything close to astral projection or anything like that. I've always been interested in sleep paralysis, even even though I was always terrified because I would have my eyes open. For instance, I'd hear what was actually going on, but also have like an, a dream overlay. like i knew there's not someone maybe there was someone walking around in my room but i would like wake up and be like oh like that didn't actually happen but i saw the actual furniture where it was or i would see the furniture in the wrong colors if i was like looking or something Mm -hmm. um and every time i was like oh like why don't i just like play with that and like go into it but i always feel like if i stay too long i'll suffocate because like i'm running out of air uh so that's why for the most part i haven't although i was just i just read this book do you know adventures beyond the body by william Bullman?
1: Mm, I have a lot of books on astral projection. Okay. I'm not sure if that one's one of them.
0: Okay. It was recommended to me by someone who's just as skeptical as me. So it's like, all right, let me read this book. Um, and yeah, it, it's like pretty like clear exercises how to leave. And this one time I sat up and I was also reading another book on uh, sexual alchemy about like taking on spirit lovers. And as soon as I sat up, I felt like hands touching me. I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to be here. So I'm right back. <laughs> to my body. Like, that was my last, Uh, Out of body experience. Half of my body was out. The other half, I think, my legs were still where they were. Anyway, um, yeah, so many things to explore in this in this thing
1: category. (laughs) Yeah, a category. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, you were asking, you know, how do you start to perceive? Uh, Was that, you know, like I said, you you start with your strongest um uh, point basically your strongest uh character and then from there on once you
0: that's like of like like i i get what i would call auditory hallucinations which i just think is me being creative and like hearing something from my subconscious but maybe all those times someone was speaking to me is what you're saying
1: it could be it could be um for a lot of uh, a lot of us um doesn't matter what country we we're born in what kind of family we were born into christian poor rich etc almost all of us have at least one sort of guide and whether they do or do not interact with us is a completely different thing but we almost always have somebody with us guiding us through life and You know, it's a really interesting practice to remember when you're a little kid and you tell everybody, oh, the devil made me do it when you did something bad. Well, you know, obviously, obviously you can't go around telling everybody, oh, well, my my spirit guide told me to do that because they don't make you do anything. They're a Mm -hmm. guide, not a possession. So they will try to guide you in life in a way that it seems like there's nothing there at all other than good luck, because you don't want to become reliant upon them. You want to be able to walk on your own two feet and do these things. So they will have a very light touch in your life, but it's ultimately up to you what decision you will make.
0: So uh, I want to go back to the perception thing. Like, let's say, let's say I believe, and let's say it is true that I have guides. How do I like start talking to them? Or how do I just do it just
1: out loud, out loud uh, until you start feeling you know, self-conscious about it and then do it in your head, whatever. But most of the time you want to get into, you know, a nice little safe place. A lot of people do meditation to do it. Other people do it whenever they're, you know, doing something where, um, you know, you just have time, like when you're got 30 minutes of uh, drive in the taxi or whatever, um, going back home, you suddenly have a nice quiet space. Nobody's going to judge you. Um, and you can just talk out loud and, that's one of the ways to start doing it. I always suggest to folks that if they're going to do it, maybe start looking back into your life and seeing where you had real close calls that something should have happened to you and didn't. And then they start examining that because maybe then you can start noticing a pattern. Maybe it was every time that Rue was about to stick his hand into the fire that a girl's voice came in and said, don't do that. And and you listened and you turned around and you did something else entirely. Sometimes there's patterns. Sometimes it's a pattern you won't even believe happened. Like, oh, yeah, now I realize that every time that I was sad, suddenly my favorite TV show came on and it was about a dog or it was about this uh, little old lady who lived under the sea or whatever. You'll start noticing certain patterns of things that helped you whenever you were doing something that probably wasn't very helpful to you. And if that doesn't end up working, there is always the go-to of go to your ancestors. You can always go to your ancestors. um, If you are one of those types of cultures who believes in your ancestors, you know, watching over you, and you can start doing, you know, your sacrifices, um, your altars or whatever, just acknowledgement. Acknowledge that they're there.
0: So, all right. So, you touched on something. If you believe, like, Mm -hmm. if you believe in ants, in that your ancestor spirits exist, like, what if, what if you don't believe, or like, what if? uh, So, are you saying that, like, that is a? I mean, I'm just trying to. Does it only exist if you believe in it? Is it one of those?
1: I want to say, and I'm going to use something that a demon told me on this one your magic is in your blood. I thought he meant, you know, what you were capable of is what you were capable of. No, what he meant was your generations go back multiple, multiple different ways to multiple different cultures. And it is what is ingrained in all of your culture. It is what your people believe, even after death, a lot of people end up believing this and it is what they will abide by. It is a reason why you can't chase off a vampire with a Star of David, but you can with a Christian cross is because it's a Christian myth. So in your bloodline, you have different beliefs of what is and is not going to happen with your ancestors once they pass over.
0: With that, though, I know you're just using it as an example, though, but like if you don't believe in vampires if your culture doesn't have that will you never experience one is that to me mm-hmm. that, that that now that now it's starting to seem like oh is this just like self-fulfilling prophecy or is it just like just you project whatever you, you well know, like.
1: the reason why i brought up the the bloodline thing is because um we have different entry points to the sure. world of woo um and a lot of it is dictated by um Our cultural upbringing, Um, our location can sometimes be a big factor to it, but the biggest factor of all is going to be what you're willing to throw yourself into. Uh, For example, I don't believe in the ancestors. It's just not something that is in my culture, but I know many witches that I highly respect who work with both entities and their ancestors. So there's different entry points to getting into this. It doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, like you had strong points in your weak. If I wanted to believe ancestors, I could start doing this, but I might not reach any of my ancestors. I might reach somebody else's ancestors on accident. It's not necessarily that what you believe colors what you see, but rather it affects how strongly you're able to get involved with it.
0: Gotcha. So is it it like if I don't fully believe in something, I won't be able to perceive it in that form?
1: Um, You may not even be able to perceive it at all. Just like we have energy blockages in our body, um, the the thoughts, beliefs, actions, and stories we tell ourselves will block our abilities as well.
0: Okay, so I mean that's kind of I mean for for at least a skeptic, and I and I maybe I'm harping too much on the skeptic side, but I wanted to really ground it in like something practical because I'm interested in exploring this with my own whatever after this. Um, but uh, oh, I'm losing my train of thought because there's so many thoughts. <laughs> Um, sorry i lost it maybe an entity stole it out of my head
1: it's fine it's fine um there's it's a huge topic there's so much to cover and even if we had all day we'd never cover everything because it is in the end colored by everybody's perceptions to an extent i mean if if you notice a lot of the churches don't talk about demons in a traditional they actually exist aspect but more in a you know inner demon sort of thing they yeah, talk right. about the the bad things
0: people do well,
1: yeah like- but then the catholic churches having said that still do exorcisms have you noticed that they say it doesn't exist but they still do exorcisms yeah you have things going on behind the scenes at all point in time in everybody's life that, you know, some people are ready for and some people are not ready for. So the way that you perceive what's going on around you is going to affect certain things. I've known Reiki practitioners and Reiki is a good thing. Reiki is a positive, non-negative thing. It is only good. It is people who make it bad. And I've known Reiki practitioners who said Reiki is for the devil, that Reiki opened up my world to possession, to evil entities and blah, blah, blah. And they became a hardcore born again Christians because of it. Now, I'm not harping on any religions or anything. What I'm saying is people will color their own perceptions. Maybe these folks ran into entities scared completely by whatever they thought they saw, turned tail and just just. All of a sudden, it's all about praying and praying and praying away the evil. You have almost every opportunity to turn your life around at any point. And when it comes to becoming a witch, that is one thing that has been the most difficult thing to ever do is to turn it around and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Because just because you don't want to believe in it anymore, having known that you saw what you saw doesn't mean it's no longer there just because you closed your eyes. So entities. They exist. They exist all around us. But most of the time, none of us care enough to actually have any interaction with them. So they hardly end up having any interaction with us that we would recognize. But don't be fooled. Almost every single day of our lives, we end up running into something or other. It's just we're used to calling it, oh, I tripped or oh, it was just an accident at work or oh, just bad luck. Different things out there will interact with us in different ways, whether it's good or bad but foolhardedly just running in headfirst without preparing yourself without accepting that there could be consequences like reiki practitioners who did things and then all of a sudden oh now they're running away that's a level of irresponsibility that will border on imbecilic and not only that but will bring more trouble to you doing bad things attracts bad things to you
0: gotcha and um Alright, yeah, I won't even open another can of worms. I, I think there has been a lot of like, great information. Do you have um and I know I've asked this in a couple ways already, but where should someone start if they're uh, if they want to see what this is about, uh, see how they could get in touch? Like what is the best point A for them?
1: Find something that you like, find something that seems to be only good. Like uh like the Devadas in the culture i think they're only good spirits um so something
0: like, like a, a mythological being
1: sure um yeah. you explore find something that calls you something that seems to just stick in your head like man for some reason i really think that these these angels are a cool thing or you know find something that really does not leave your mind something you really feel could give you what you're looking for are you looking to learn are you looking to gain are you looking to make a deal what are you wanting to do and then find something that might be able to help you out in that aspect that you feel drawn to and then you can start doing uh, one of the biggest things uh, is uh, vision boards you know where you you start using images and, and things that correlate to that thing um Maybe get little statues of of angels or fairies or whatever it is that attracts you. I know that mermaids are a huge thing right now. So, you know, maybe start putting up pictures of Ariel somewhere and getting seashells and blah, blah, blah. Make something physical, something physical that visually always reminds you or in any way stimulates your creativity, your fondness for that creature. And then start talking start talking and just start saying hey you know um if i wanted to see a mermaid i might go down to the water though just you know appropriate measures please um and you start saying hey you know i'm just down here i'm just walking around i'm just curious about blah 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 you want to make friends how do you originally make friends in the human world you talk you approach you're nice you're cautious remember there's always stuff out there that's good or bad you're cautious And gain trust. Eventually, if they see that you are worthwhile because you are reliable, they they get to know you. They think that you're not going to harm them because we can harm them too. Um, Eventually, you will pique the interest of something. Um, But one of the biggest things that I do want to say is maybe don't do this again until you absolutely know that you know how to put down anything that you call up big rule because you don't go and try to make friends with a biker if you don't think that you can take him if he's going to go turn around on you right Mm. so you can definitely start with whatever you feel is closest to your culture because they usually do end up having a fondness for those in their culture um but you can also start off with things that you've known across all cultures to be good like you know angels are usually down to help just about anybody um nymphs they usually don't ever harm anybody but you know there could be a crazy nymph out there who knows start off with friendly nice things that you know are going to be something that you can deal with you know don't go trying to find a friendly demon just find something that calls to you feels good to you and that you know you know how to deal with
0: okay and um okay cool I'd say uh, well some like astral projection seems to be tied into all this stuff um,
1: super huge yes
0: In that when you leave your body you can experience these things more perhaps yes. next time I actually project I won't uh, immediately discount what I see and you know perhaps I'd, I'd imagine that if every time I've seen an entity I assume that it was just a thing in my imagination they probably wouldn't like that so much right Yeah.
1: Nobody wants to be called a fake, you know, whether it is you don't even exist or you don't believe what you're talking about. Respect is key.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, Well, thanks so much. I feel like might have you on again to ask more follow-up questions. I need to process some of these thoughts Um, and definitely we'll link your website. I know you have some uh, fun little narrative stories of experiences you've had with entities, which I think are really fun to read. Um, And if anyone has any questions about specifics, they can reach out to you,
1: right? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you posted a link somewhere um, to any of those things, but I do have a blog going on right now where I tell stories about witchy stuff that I do and entities that I run into. So if you know somebody who needs help or if you're looking for some funny stories, I, I do put a lot of those up as I can. But uh, it's not all bad. It can be really downright silly.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, St. Wu. Until next time.
1: Thank you, Ruan. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at proudcastio slash Rwando. See you next time.